Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. Today I'm joined by Brian, our students director, and Ryan Plants, our lead pastor. Um, we are covering the final week of Resilient Joy. Yeah, week 10 of 10. Week 10 it's of about 10. About time. Okay. Well, yeah, we how you clearly really understand how you feel about yeah. this. Well, you yeah. only gave me one week, so. Okay. Well, well <laughs> you should be grateful for that. Yeah. Um, we did. We've done ten <laughs> weeks. Uh, part of this podcast, I'd love to just spend going over the series as a whole. Um, we will spend a good chunk of this time talking about yesterday's message. But um, let's hop into yesterday's message before we talk about the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, this was um, eleven verses. I think so. 10 through 20. So. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot going on. Obviously, we talked on Especially the Especially last... on the slides, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there was. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this This uh, chunk of Scripture was clearly the, the wrapping up, the saying goodbye. Um, and we had talked about last week as well that we could have included the four verses that Brian had done in this final week. Yep. Um, I kind of just want to talk about the nuts and bolts or even just the framework of this mm-hmm. what's going on in this this final um wherever you want to kind of count it at i know there's different subheadings depending on the translation you talk yeah. about but yeah um what's going on at the end of this chapter yeah paul's getting down to business you know he's wrapping things up he's kind of said some things that he felt like he needed to say to this church yeah. that i think is really beloved to him because we see in verses 10 through 20 he's like you know i was in Thessalonica, which is the next city over. I hadn't even gotten that far and you guys had supported me and you were the only church to support me. So like he's just wrapping things up. That's what he wanted to do with this whole letter was he was sending it back with Epaphroditus. Thanks for sending encouragement. Thanks for sending support. And I think it's kind of like oftentimes in, you know, 2022 in the 21st century, we read God's word and we think, here, here we have like these like profound theological distilled documents. And yeah, they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they're also someone else's mail. Yeah. And these are kind of the points of, you know, the epistles that we encounter. And we're like, oh yeah, like we are legit yep. reading someone's mail. Yep. Yeah, because there is a few items in there that you're like, okay, well, what is this? What's the deeper meaning here? And sometimes there's not. It's, it's superficial to the point of, you know, he references Thessalonica. He references... Uh, Again, doesn't he reference the two people that had conflict or no? Am I thinking of a different spot? No, not in this one, but he does. He just like references, like it's very specific. Yeah. Like that's, that's the point. Yes. It gets like, it kind of gets really specific. Yep. Like this is for these people at mm-hmm. this church. So when you look at that, does the thought come into, does the thought come to your mind of we could glaze over these points or does it kind of, I want to phrase this the best way, does the, um, Oh, man, for anyone who doesn't know the Enneagram, I apologize. But like the Enneagram four come out of like, I could do something really unique and different here. I could reinvent the wheel a little bit on that's this. That's the way I think. Anytime yeah, I, right. I enter, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. exactly. What you're Which I don't about. know the proper word for it, but I just think of the Enneagram four, right? Like the unique spin on something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Does that thought enter your head when you see this very specific, very, um, I, I guess, more housekeeping items? Hmm. Does that is that even a tension that you're you're feeling of like I could just brush past this, move on because it's very specific. Probably not. Probably requires more time to unpack. Or yeah. this would be actually kind of fun to have a different take on these verses. Well, I think uh, I don't know. Not really either of those. For okay. me, it was like 
you know, um, Paul's really spending these last 11 verses or so just declaring his appreciation mm-hmm. for their support. And I thought kind of all along, especially over the last four or five weeks, that as we'd be approaching these final verses in Philippians, that it would really highlight what what Philippians really was. Yeah. And we have not spent a lot of time on that, and that Philippians was truly ultimately a thank you letter yeah. from Paul to the Philippians. And it was a specific thank you letter for generosity, for yeah. giving. I mean, it sustained him. And not only on this occasion for writing this letter, but he wrote in this letter multiple times. They had sent support, money, food, care out to Paul. And it's the value of generosity. Mm-hmm. And so kind of tapping into that, it was like, yeah, as we kind of approach the end of this year and going after joy, you know, I think I even saw over this past week, my oldest son, he had his birthday in middle of November. He got money from his grandparents, money from friends. I mean, for a 14-year-old, he's more flush with cash right now than he has been in a very long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing you hope to see as you raise your kids is a um, is embodying the virtues that you hope you mm-hmm. have as well. And so we went to go get our Christmas tree the other day. And uh, we were kind of going around this little shop, uh, kind of one of those shops with like all the little Christmas ornaments and stuffed yeah. things and trinkets, where by and large, I think like you're like... I never want to go into a store like this ever. (laughs) And so we're kind of going in there because we have to buy the Christmas tree that we cut down. But my son had seen something that he thought me and Carrie would like. Mm -hmm. And so he just kind of whipped out his wallet and was like, hey, you guys need to get out of the store. I'm buying you something for Christmas. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, I I don't even care what it is. Like, I I don't, like, it Mm -hmm. might be something that my wife likes more than me. Yeah, but I thought it was really cool to see mm-hmm. that, like, my son saw something that he was going to use some of his money mm-hmm. to buy a gift for my wife and I. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what Paul is trying to reiterate here: is yeah. like, you guys have been generous. It's good to be generous. Mm-hmm. It's good to give away. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't ten percent. It wasn't fifty percent. I mean, it might have been like a five dollar gift, but I was grateful to see that my son yeah. was making that extension of himself to yeah. give of what he'd received. Yeah, I I asked that question mainly because. Looking, I mean, being a, a Bible college student at a time and g- going through commentaries, looking at outlines, you see in all of these letters when they put down the framework, the outline of it, it's greeting, salutation. And like as mm-hmm. a Bible college student, when I would go through, it's like, cool, I don't need to read the beginning and the end because it's the same thing yep. with different context, right? Or different totally. points mm-hmm. that get put in there. And I think that... um it's something interesting that I like to, when I watch other churches' sermons, when they go through a book, it's like, okay, what is the first week and the last week like? Because mm-hmm. you can really just take that whole thing, um, wrap in some verses before it, if you're talking about the closing, mm-hmm. or verses after, if you're talking about the intro, because sometimes it is a little bit challenging to um, speak on something when it's like, okay, this is all really meant for the Philippians. Yeah. Um, and what I thought you did yesterday was really great because it required a little bit more contextualizing mm-hmm. to get to where you were at. So when I had heard that we were going to be doing a conversation on giving for the last week, I'm like, where is he pulling this from? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a lot of outside resources? And I think that you did a really good job of um, taking something specific to Paul and what he was going through in the church of Philippi mm-hmm. and making it work for, and that's probably a bad way of saying it, making it work for us, but yeah. really bringing it into our context. Totally. So there wasn't a whole bunch of uh, trepidation going into this final week of how am I going to make this work or how am I going to bring 
importance to something that might not feel important. Yeah, no, there wasn't really. Um, I think a lot of it, it, the trepidation was, okay, if I see like seven things here, like how do we fit that all in in 30, 35 minutes? Yeah. That was it. Especially yep. when we had child dedications. It was like, okay, like this can't, this can't go yeah. long. The main event. Yeah, the main, main event. event. Yeah, as I said. Well, that's, <laughs> that is interesting. Did you feel when you read through that, uh, what was it, 20 through 30 or 10 through 30? 10 through 20. 20? 10 through 20. Yes. Sorry, uh-huh. I was way yep. off. Um, 10 through 20, right off the bat, did you see those seven things? No, it took a while just to okay. kind of like keep. And I wrestled with, well, do I not jump into where Brian was last week? You know, mm-hmm. I thought I could just jump in at 14. That was, yep. I think, starting reason number yep. reason number three. Um, but there was a lot of crossover there. And like mm-hmm. I said last week, like, and what Brian had observed as he taught through the passage was there's a lot of interconnection with yes. the end of mm-hmm. the. Well, end yeah, of the and I had to bring up couple of the verses you're going to yeah. talk on. Exactly. This and I could even give the context of yeah. how he was content. But there were multiple themes kind of interwoven. And that's because it's a letter. Like Paul's mm-hmm. not writing like, here's instruction point number one. Like it's interweaved yeah. with each kind of thing. And so Brian kind of taught on like a very important theme yeah. of contentment. And that was like my second or third point was mm-hmm. like giving is good when it is driven by faith and not guilt. Mm-hmm. And that idea is rooted in the contentment that Paul mm-hmm. experienced in yeah. verse 13 or that he talked about how he had learned that contentment. But that idea of contentment yeah. is worth its entire yeah. weekend of focus. Yeah. Well, and this is a question for the two of you. Um, Ooh, I'm part of it. Since you preached last or yesterday, uh-huh. he preached last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that process like? knowing that there's a lot of connective tissue and not pulling too much from last week, letting the week before that stand on its own, but then also realizing there's probably a necessity for you to bridge the previous message and this message. What is that process like? Uh, Is there ever a moment when you're putting this together of this is relying way too much on last week's or does it not need to feel like a, a single standalone message? Yeah, I think it's. I think we have a lot more license than we think we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have to worry about it so much. I mean, I can hardly remember what I wore last week, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I can hardly remember what I preached on two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so if that's kind of the boat that we're all in, yeah, that like dipping back into some of the same thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and themes, yeah, um, we remember stories a lot more than we remember facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, you know, if I'm all of a sudden up here talking about, hey. I still can't watch anything with John Keith. Yeah, it's true. Oh, because I've totally ruined that for you. <laughs> exactly. See? Yes. Yeah. I don't even remember what that song like, was about. <laughs> but like, exactly. That's one of those things where if like, I'm like talking about like contentment, people are like, okay, yeah, I want to re-engage with that. Like that's a that's a kind of larger concept that I yeah. want to see in my life more. But if I start talking about, hey, you know, remember when the power went out and mm-hmm. yep. I want to get Burger King coffee mm-hmm. and then he got his truck. And if I started like kind of recounting that whole story, yep. people would be like, anyone who was in that sermon who heard you tell that story so well, It'd be like, okay, let's get through it. Like yeah, I yeah. know this because mm-hmm. we just we remember stories so much better than we remember facts. So I think when we're reengaging facts, it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot more license. I okay. also think we have to remember that people who are there hearing his sermon, a lot of them weren't there hearing mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might have been good facts to hear last week that they weren't hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This and this might be too much uh, inside baseball talking about this, but does that go into the process as well? Realizing that you probably don't have when you're preaching this last sermon, or for Brian when you're preaching the ninth sermon of a ten-part series, does 
the fact that you're probably not going to have 100% attendance for all 10 weeks? Does that affect some of the referencing or the building blocks that you might have thought you were building along the way or the shared understanding that people might have got along the process? Does that go into the sermon development process or is it just like... For me, it does. For me, I'm always thinking through... Well, not so much like attendance, but like, I just don't, I think it's a a fool's errand to think that like, hey, because someone hears one sermon, their life's going to be changed forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do think that that happens, that the Holy Spirit works in that way, usually Mm -hmm. salvifically, but not sanctification wise. Yeah. Um, I I think it's um, uh, an overstatement of the role of the sermon to be like, hey, this one sermon is going to change your life forever. I really yeah. like it's it's habit, it's practice, it's it's t- over time. Mm-hmm. I think we underestimate the doxological component of a sermon, which is the uh, the way in which a sermon reorients our heart toward mm-hmm. worship of God. And so that's I think at least fifty percent of what I'm thinking is like, is this teaching like mm-hmm. inspiring me to love God and love mm-hmm. others more? the doxological component and like that sanctification component of loving others. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if we reemphasize points, you Mm -hmm. know, I I just want to make sure that that kind of component of the reorientation of the heart for that moment, but it's not the answer. And so if we're going to touch on the same thing for multiple weeks, which we did, we kind of strung some themes through it. I I think that's important. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Do you feel any pressure to continue from the previous messages or do you understand that you're not going to get 100% attendance through, so this should kind of be a one-off within a series? This is kind of both. So, Ryan, I knew I was going to some yeah. verses, so I was okay. Mm-hmm. I also knew what Ryan was going to teach. Yeah. Um, the week that I was writing that sermon, we already discussed his sermon. So gotcha, yeah. I kind of already knew what I could grab from. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part is like, when we get an elder to preach or a guest speaker in a series where I have no idea what he's going to say. And if yeah. I'm the next week or if I'm even the week before, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to steal anything yeah. that he's about to say. Or yeah. um, when I hear a sermon, I'm like, well, dang it. That's like exactly yeah. what my sermon mm-hmm. was going to mm-hmm. be on. So that one's the hardest one where okay. I feel like if that happened to me, I would change my sermon. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's change it. I don't yeah. want them to hear that weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I get in my mind of like, who did it better? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, like who wore it better kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so also to protect yeah. even my uh, mm-hmm. change it, but not really. I think I just trust the Holy Spirit when it comes to the sermon writing that mm-hmm. yeah. I think if we're saying the same thing, it must, it needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I want to get into um, yesterday's message a little bit more. Um, Ryan, you put together. Um, Seven points mm-hmm. for, let me get the exact title. The seven reasons why giving is good. The Baptist mm-hmm. church was very upset yesterday. Mm-hmm. Were they? Yeah. The whole church. They the wanted whole. three points. They wanted three, all starting with C. Seven. We kind of saved you from a little bit of the feedback because we're like, I don't yeah. know if he's in a good place to hear. Seven. Yeah. What is this? So, um, two sermons and a half. One, we probably don't have time to go through all seven, and two, it's probably not that entertaining Baptist, or Baptist church. Would say yeah, that. exactly, entertaining or beneficial. So, what I want to ask you, Ryan, mm-hmm. and favorite and least favorite can be whatever it means to you. But what was your favorite <laughs> and least favorite out of the seven? I have my answers to them. My favorite <laughs> and least favorite, favorite. meaning now yeah, I yeah. Wanna, so I want to get in on. So, this. like, favorite to me is I read through it and I go. Oh yeah, that's good. 
That's and then seven is like, well, it's in the text, so I got to include it. Yeah, you can know? you read the seven for me? Um, yeah, I'll do it real, real, real quick. Fast, real yeah. fast. Um, because it creates joy okay. when it's fueled by faith, not guilt. Oh, that's awful. Uh, because it deepens our partnership with other ministries. Okay. Uh, because it doesn't require a lot of maturity or money. Okay. Uh, because it's a sign that God is at work in your life. Yep. Uh, because God's, because God promises to supply his suppliers and because it brings glory to God. Okay. Glory to God. Number one favorite right there. Okay. Speak more on that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then number three, I didn't like it. You didn't like number three. <laughs> Just throw out a number. I have no idea. <laughs> You said them too fast. So my favorite, mm-hmm. um, I would say, um, this is like picking a favorite child. Are you sure you want to do this? No, I don't. <laughs> but um, what I would say is the one I want to talk about the yeah, most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say is um, giving is good uh, because I want to talk about two. I want to talk yeah. about the most controversial one. Yes. And then this I wanna, is where I was wanting to go. And, but I want to talk about what I see most like prolifically in life. I think it's this fusion of number one and number three. Yep. So giving is good because it creates joy. Yep. And giving is good because it deepens our partnership with others in ministry. Okay. I think those are both kind of really similar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So before we get into the one and three, yeah. can we talk about five? That the yes, that one? was my most controversial one. And six, because yeah, those are yeah, I those are those are the best ones to probably talk about. So yeah. when I read them, I read them without reading the support. Yeah, and I was like, I got to read the support yeah. because this there's, almost there's five, the supplier one. Five, six. That's six, six and then okay. five is because it's a sign that God is at work in your life. So reading those face value without support, I'm like, we are leaning a little towards prosperity, prosperity gospel. gospel, but. When you read the support, eliminates that, right? But if you were just to put these on so. screen, <laughs> you hope so. But you read it and you go, okay, so if God is, if this is a sign that God is at work in my life, I would have some questions if things were going not to plan, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, God supplies his suppliers. Because I think that requires a lot of thinking and it requires a lot of introspection and also faith drugs. what'd you say said drugs okay suppliers yes okay okay yeah yeah this sounds okay. a little uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, i didn't think about that contextual angle yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what i want to hear from you yeah obviously if you go back and listen to the message you can hear the support of it you can hear the the context of it but when you wrote that was there any thought of like man people might take this the wrong yeah. way okay I mean, in point five, that's where I kind of addressed sort of the emotional, spiritual, mental elephant in the yeah. room. So giving is good because it's a sign that God is work at, your, at work in your life. And the, the point I drew that from, uh, or the verse I drew that from, was, was verse 17 where he says, I do not say this. Well, what's this? I do not say thank you for giving to me mm-hmm. because I am seeking a gift. Right, And I had prefaced at the very beginning that what Paul is yeah. trying to do here in these 11 verses is he's walking this tightrope, this like balancing act mm-hmm. of like when someone gives you a gift, especially if you're in ministry mm-hmm. and, and you're like you're, you are who Paul is, it is um, unthinkable to say mm-hmm. thank you for the gift. Mm-hmm. However, Paul's also very mature, is smart, wise, 
godly man. Mm -hmm. He knows like, if I say thank you, I don't want it to seem like I'm like probably many other teachers and, you know, traveling Mm -hmm. religious evangelist folk back then where I'm like, I'm just seeking the money. And so he's like, he says like, I do not say this. I do not say thank you for um, supporting me and, and identifying with me in my suffering because I'm seeking a gift rather I seek the credit that abounds to your account. Mm-hmm. And that was the linchpin in that verse. Yep. What does he mean by by talking about the credit that abounds to your account? And so I couldn't help but think about Paul's prayer back in verses 9 through 11. Um, Paul is, essentially what Paul's saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking for you to be the kind of people that mm-hmm. like you should be as you walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, as we look at the fruits of the Spirit— as we look at what God does in our lives, we, we just have to ask ourselves very practical questions. Does, does God want us to be um, generous people mm-hmm. or stingy people? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's obvious. He wants stingy. us to be... Well, let's go back a yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. No. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so he wants us to be generous, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously. He wants us to be generous. Um, and so, you know, the way that looks in each of our lives is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this in, um, you know, that story where Jesus is, is talking with the Pharisees and that one woman gives the two mites and she gave everything she possibly could mm-hmm. in that moment. And it wasn't about the amount, it was about the willingness. Yeah. And so I think the idea, um, and so then I then I wanted to bring it back to me. So I knew that there'd be some defenses up mm-hmm. at this point. Like, are yeah. you saying that because I'm not doing X, Y, yep. and Z, God's not at work in my life? Mm-hmm. And like for some people, I would say, this is the hard part about being a, a pastor, a teacher of God's yeah. word, is we have to speak the quote-unquote prophetic word of truth into the room and into the space yep. that we've all received at points. And that's why I wanted to bring it back to me, because yeah. I had received that word mm-hmm. at one point. You know, I said, like, the one pastor said, you know, you can sing all the songs you want, but if you're not giving your money away, you're just playing games. And I thought to myself, well, you know, like— it's cool for you to say that, but yeah. like you don't understand, like I'm living in this <laughs> yeah. like rental home in yeah. North Carolina yeah. and all mm-hmm. these things are going on in my life. And mm-hmm. um, but to the same extent, you know, what I wanted to draw our attention to at the very end was like we have this concept of what being involved in in the mission and ministry of God looks like. Like mm-hmm. I need to be over and above, and I need to give multiple days, and mm-hmm. I need to give 10%, 20%, 50%. But like what I wanted people to understand by the very end was that, again, it really wasn't about the amount. Like It's not like, hey, shame on you if you're not hitting 10% mm-hmm. as to what Christian Smith, that yeah. researcher, identified as generosity. But like, one thing that I had to come to terms with over time was, hey, maybe I can't get to that spot, mm-hmm. but like every single month, I'm giving X amount of money to going out to eat with my wife or to my $15 a month Netflix thing. And that yeah. was that first step I just wanted to create for mm-hmm. people was like, we... Everyone in this room has disposable income, just yep. about. Yep. We all do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it means that I'm going to sacrifice my 5 to $10 a month Spotify mm-hmm. subscription and give that to the church instead, mm-hmm. would that be the step of generosity mm-hmm. we take in our lives? Mm-hmm. And if that's not happening, what I learned in my own life was, man, like, God doesn't have a c- control of my heart. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't really trust him, mm-hmm. and I'm not creating space for him to, like— invade more. Yeah. And I think that's the principle. Like, w- would we create space in our lives where God would invade more and more mm-hmm. and stretch us to the point of like, I can't like, all right, Lord, like only you can move. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a little bit rambling, but no thoughts. Go for it, Brian. I disagree. Do you know my life situation? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say in the message? Shut up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. No, it's tough. And I think that um, especially when you get into a conversation about giving generosity. Um, especially in the Christmas season. Man. Especially in the Christmas season. I think what's tough is we get in a lot of our application and where we kind of direct people towards can be checklist in nature. Mm-hmm. But I think that we've all kind of rewired that we don't want to be legalistic in our religion. We don't want to have these rules and checklists when we're following Jesus. But then also like zooming back, checklists and rules and constraints can actually lead to heart change mm-hmm. when they are coupled together, right? Yep. And I think that that was what was cool about your ending point was like you gave very not legalistic, but like you gave a checklist, right? Like match your favorite subscription. Mm-hmm aim for 10%. And then the last one, it's not really a checklist, but like go above and beyond. Like how do you really measure that? You can't. Mm -hmm. can't. Um, But I think that if you do the first two, it'll be a lot easier to get to the third. Right? Yeah. If you're setting up these patterns and um, pathways Mm -hmm. to being more generous, I think the change in your heart will happen. But Mm -hmm. if if you go about it saying, I don't want to be legalistic about it, I want God to have everything, but there's no framework for God to have everything, it's not going to happen. It it will not. I just, I don't. I mean, like, I can be argued at at a different point, but Mm -hmm. like kind of my own journey over multiple years wrestling through this topic myself, Mm -hmm. like, unless you create that kind of habituated space where like you get used to like releasing certain things, It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, like, we, we can take anything and make it legalistic. Yeah. You know, we can take anything and make it, you know, just like rote. Yeah. Um, that releasing thing is that, that not the sermon I did last, but the one I did before. I talked about the when we're gripping things too much. Like yeah. Trying yeah. to give us something. But yeah. We're holding on to our things a little too tight to even yeah. allow God to. To even allow him to show up and to provide yeah. and to, to give, like, like. Where is our joy coming from? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like we all could could do well to like step back and look at like, hey, where are we at? Are we is our are, are our lives aligned with some mission that mm-hmm. like we have for ourselves 20, mm-hmm. 30, 40 years yeah. down the road? Or are they aligned with what God would want mm-hmm. us to utilize his resources that he's entrusted with me? And that's something that like every person, every family, every couple will have to re-engage with multiple times mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. And I think clearly Paul and God were on to something when <laughs> shocking, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. When the lead in to the end of this, Brian's message goes so well going into the giving message, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is such a great message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but you you have a hard time being generous if you are not if you don't have gratitude for what you have in contentment, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking about giving, especially in this Christmas season, when you're getting bombarded with ads and the new things that you need to buy and the new things that you need to get for your kids and your loved yep. ones, but you don't actually have any gratitude for what you already have or contentment for what you have in this moment, there is going to be no room to go above and beyond, right? And there's mm-hmm. going to be no room to match your favorite subscription or to give 10% because I need that Roomba. And my kid needs the new, I'm really bad with kid toys, bluey toy. I don't even know if there is a bluey toy. But like some, yeah. there's always going to be something and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to be generous if you don't have gratitude and you're not content with what you have. Mm-hmm. I, I am buying Kate a bluey toy. See, I'm good with kid toys. Um, <laughs> so now that we've talked about your least favorite, um, or sorry, my least favorite, 
<laughs> but that was only because there there was the need to have the context and the support there. Just to ask you, yeah, I love the conversation, but we went over last week. What's the time right now? We're doing great on time. Um, okay. <laughs> well, the other controversial point was point oh. number six too, and we have not talked about that at all. How God promises to supply yes. his suppliers. Okay. The drug one. What's that? <laughs> the drug, the one. drug one. Yeah, or just this idea that I think um, I think there's a passage in Micah mm-hmm. where it says like, "Test me." You know, the mm-hmm. Lord says, test me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I think certain people are very comfortable with going down that lane. But anyone who's uh, familiar with health and wealth or prosperity gospel, yep. we are just a, a bit reticent to kind of walk down that lane and be like, okay, like, it, it could be, here's why. Because it can potentially alter motives for the worse mm-hmm. or for negative, because we are simply giving because we are going to get more. in return, like get more. We'll get yes, more, yeah. we look at it from an ROI yep. investment perspective, yeah. when in reality, um, that's that I I wanted to move against mm-hmm. that because God because God's word says though right we were also confronted with like the very simple truth yeah. in a, a, a seemingly simple truth in God's word where it says and my God will supply every need according to his promise, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Like in context of the Philippians giving to Paul, Mm -hmm. Paul's like, like you've done the right thing. You continue Mm -hmm. to do the right thing. Continue Mm -hmm. on this path. Why? Because my God's going to provide for you. Mm -hmm. And the clear and push back against this if you guys think it's different. But to me, it seems like the clear context here is as we care about the things that God cares about, God will care about us. Um, because it does say his riches, his glory. Not, yeah. Not ours. Not ours. Not and it doesn't mean he will match us. them. One thing I wanted to reiterate here is it doesn't mean he will match them <laughs> yeah. for what we think we're going. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to put in this much, but God's going to return yeah. X amount more. Mm-hmm. I wanted to use this illustration from this book from Christian Smith to show that like what these people were receiving. Yeah was essentially like a healthier life, whether that was spiritually, physically, emotionally. And there's so many more examples in that book, but like with the folks who were kind of near the end of their lives, probably retired folks, they'd studied for seven years, you know, what they had received apparently was just ongoing joyful life here on earth. Mm -hmm. And I think part of our mindset has to get over this sense of like, I just need to grip my teeth and bear it through this life and then I'll have life eternal. Mm -hmm. I think we need to understand that like, this life that we have right now is good. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to experience the joy and love and peace and hope of eternity mm-hmm. here and now. And what these folks, I think, that Christian Smith illustrated here in this book were experiencing in the here and now, these folks that were retired and that weren't you know, passing away during the seven-year study, was the joy of having eternal impact in the here and now mm-hmm. through their generosity of time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so like God was supplying his suppliers. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, you're going to make much of me here on earth. I'm going to give you a joy filled, full, yeah. fruitful life in the here and now. Yeah. And then when you like, and what we see in scripture, we didn't even touch on this. What we see in scripture is that God rewards faith filled activity for him in the here and now. Mm-hmm. I went through like a pretty reformed season where it was like grace alone by faith alone. Mm-hmm. Works don't matter. It's all about faith. Um, which is a distorted understanding of like that reformed yeah. understanding. Um, but what we see in scripture clearly is that like our work now matters and it will matter for our experience of eternity. Mm-hmm. 
And so the more I give of myself from a position of faith and not guilt, God's going to reward that, not only here and now, but in eternity. Mm -hmm. And so all that being said, I think that God's just, he, what he does is he honors activity of generosity mm -hmm. that's for his sake and for his glory. Yeah. But maybe not always how we expect. Yep. So, amen. Hmm? So, amen. Oh, you agree with that? Yeah. No pushback. No pushback. Wow. Okay. I just uh, didn't like him saying it. Mm -hmm. but it's just the way he said it. Yeah, yeah. you know. The way he said it. Yeah, tone. I get that. Um, right, the spirit. Oof. <laughs> Oof, all right. Um, you had said one, you say one through three or one and three were your favorite? Find. I like the idea that like ultimately what this, what our entire series was getting at was this idea of joy. Yeah. This well, yeah. The series was called Resilient Joy. Was it? Was it? Yeah. I think so. Here's the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It was. It was called <laughs> Resilient Joy the whole time. Yeah. And I think that this idea that, that, generosity creates joy mm -hmm. uh, it's just a no-brainer mm -hmm. and um well, it I, makes sense for like other people right mm -hmm. like i like this weekend we gave the christmas trees mm -hmm. you the people that we actually see you would see the joy in mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. so that's obvious like yes but like yeah. let's talk about that for a second so my family had a really busy week we've got some illness going on we rolled up to saturday morning and we got a phone call um being like hey are you are your boys coming to this Christmas tree thing? You had even texted me on Thursday, like, are they going to be there? Yeah. And we just, we dropped the ball on like, oh, like arranging it and whatnot. So we get the phone call and we're like, oh shoot, we forgot about that. So we go to our boys and we were just kind of hanging around the house. We had made coffee. Uh, they were playing video games or something like that. And they were like, ah, I don't know. You know, they were like cozy, comfy in their pajamas. Um, but we made the decision within mm -hmm. about five minutes after the phone call, like, no, we need to get down there. We need to do that. Um, get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Give of your time. Mm -hmm. Like, because that's all my kids really have is time. Yeah. And they loved spending just about their entire day mm -hmm. with the other students, with the leaders, getting those trees, mm -hmm. bringing them around the area to the people that need them. They experienced such joy in that moment. And I think that, you know, that's such an important thing for us to understand from a very young age as we're following Jesus is that, like, when you're younger, the joy that we think the best joy comes from receiving the thing. Mm -hmm. In reality, like, what God's word says. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, being generous, there's, I think it was just such a great way to end this series. Yeah. Because even though it's December, it's Christmas, it's a topic about giving, we're talking about money. Yeah. And you want to experience joy? Give it away. Mm -hmm. Give away your time. Give away your energy. Give away your resources. Think less about how those things are securing your joy mm -hmm. and give them away and secure someone else's joy. And in so doing it, you'll experience the mm -hmm. paradox of experiencing joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the on that Christmas tree thing, one story I heard, because um, I know one of the people who got a tree, and I heard from another source that the day he knew he was getting the tree, he had like an Amazon, like, cart of all different ornaments that he was going oh, that's to cool. decorate his tree with. Yeah. And so awesome. when I heard that, not from him, but from somebody else, I'm like, oh, that feels good. Yeah. Like, yeah. like mm -hmm. we made a, yeah. a difference, and especially from somebody I know who doesn't like church at all. Like, wow. does not like church, has yeah. nothing, wants nothing to do with church, to receive a blessing yeah. from what he would consider the enemy. Mm -hmm. But then also, it instill like a, uh, just a Christmas yeah. spirit in him mm -hmm. to, yeah. To decorate his tree mm, and have totally. like want to do a theme with it. So it was when I heard that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that I was exhausted Saturday. Yeah. I like fell asleep at like seven fifty on my couch, being exhausted. But then yeah. hearing that story, I'm like, okay, that just even that one story made 
that whole day worth it. That's so good. Yeah. Um, we are getting close on time, so I just want to uh, wrap up with a final question for all three of us. I'll answer first to give you guys time to think about what you want to say. Yeah. Um, just one new or deeper or um, different understanding that you gathered going through Philippians for um, mine's going to be very superficial. Yeah. But I, for the longest time felt like I, like Paul just was not a good hang, you know, like he always had some sort of instruction or redirection and he just was like really focused on God's mission and to our friendship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But to go through Philippians and, and see like proud father, good friend, encourager Paul. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe like it would be kind of cool to hang out with Paul because you read through all of his letters and you're like, dude, I get it. We got a lot of work to do. Paul is a dude. Yeah. It's like, but like, could we also have like a, like a positive moment? Like I get that there's always room for improvement, but it's just reading this letter. You can see that he cares, right? He's, Mm -hmm. he does the hard things and he did the hard things because he cares. But to actually like he has come across a church family that he's like, you guys are doing things right. And I see it and I appreciate it. And I just want to, this is your guys' victory lap. You guys get four chapters of just a victory lap. If you guys are doing a great job, yep. keep it going. Um, we're going to celebrate you guys. <laughs> so I think for me, that was really cool. I already, I've been recommending Philippians for like two years. Cause I'm like, we read so much just instructive Paul, like let's show the people and for myself too, that like Paul was actually a fully formed human. He wasn't yeah. just the teacher, right? Sure. Sure. He, well, he was, he was a pastor. He yeah. Cared, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So either of you, what's something? Yeah. Um, this is going to go with the theme of giving because really, like you said, mm-hmm. the letter is about, um, it's a thank you letter Yeah. that you never know how impactful your giving truly is. Mm. And this church who gave and helped Paul mm. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years later, their generosity is still increasing mm-hmm. on like the yeah. lessons that we get to learn. Oh, yeah. What they give. So you never know how big of an impact your generosity and your giving is going to have on not just the p- person you're helping, but the world around. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, good. That, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's really you don't need to the say time count. No, I mean, you're good. Thank you so much for joining us today on the follow up. <laughs> oh wow! No, um, no, that is really good. I think it's really relevant to what we had talked about. I think overall, though, um, the reason why I wanted to jump into Philippians was I felt like um, the past couple of years have kind of like driven us to this point of like pathological obsession over COVID and mm-hmm. you know, the the divisions that we've experienced mm-hmm. and just the acute sense of no joy. Yeah. In our lives, and I was like, well, like kind of pastoral playbook 101 where do we see joy we see it in yep. philippians let's go there it's a great times. letter you know we see it yeah but i did not realize how um how difficult joy really is yeah. going after it you mm-hmm. know it's not like here are like here here's a, here's a breathing exercise and here's here's a way to kind of think about yourself more positively yeah. or things like that like the way to joy is essentially um what we see throughout kind of paul's letter and what we talked about as we went through that book, Power and Weakness, for many mm-hmm. weeks, that kind of cruciform way, it really is a death to self. It's an other's focus. And joy is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be my big takeaway. Like, if we really yeah. want to experience joy here on earth. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to your, like, Paul is kind of like a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I, I really think like joy isn't for the faint of heart, but it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's worth it. And I think that's one thing I've really had to wrestle with is I've been really made aware of all the areas in my life that I've been like deeply um, indoctrinated by our culture and being a modern person mm-hmm. of comfort and ease where I think that's where I'm going to find joy. Well, what we see in Philippians is it's just the opposite. You know, it's it's death to self. It's like good is not my own comfort. Good is anything that advances the gospel. Yep. Any way I can partner with others and put others' needs before yep. my own, um, counting the things that I think are important in my life as dung. Like we just see it time and time again. It's not for the faint of heart, but like that's where joy is really found. And there's no, there should be no confusion if we if we are not walking down this path as to why we're not experiencing joy that's deep, that is a supernatural delight in the presence, the promises Mm -hmm. and people of God, because we're seeking the world's joy. And that's a theme that we have not hit as frequently that we tapped on those first couple of weeks was like the the thing that the world presents, but what God presents is so much better. And um, I just, you know, just because we're done with it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be revisiting it individually over the course of the next year. What God's shown us through Philippians. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for sharing that and uh, your time, and we're going to wrap things up. So thank you guys so much for listening to the follow-up podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. 